Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Last time on Astronautica. Our heroes, having successfully survived their ordeal on the space station Daedalus met their benefactor, who revealed himself to be none other than Hannes, one of the big four. He sent them out on a little shopping trip and then gave them their task to head to the Union homeworld to investigate a message of distress that had been sent some 16 years prior. But we got a few steps between now and then, and their latest step has taken them into space proper, to Proxima Centauri B. But what trials and tribulations await them there? What mysteries and dangers may they face? Well, you best stick around, because you're about to find out, right here and now, on Astronautica, Chapter 3. You emerge from the other side of the wormhole, upside down, with tons of style and You know, flair. in space there really is no up or down, so it could be, you know, I just said that for flair. 
Everyone knows it though. They're like, whoa, so cool. Upside God down. Even though that doesn't matter. Uh, and uh, you see in front of you a very large and very close planet. You can see on its surface a sort of dusty, earthy, clay-colored red sand. And this planet is covered in um, deep-gouged canyons and craggy mountains. And you can see large storms of reddish clouds just flowing across the surface of this planet. You have reached Proxima Centauri B. As you emerge out and you turn, you can see the station behind you. This one is, unlike the Daedalus station, pretty new and pretty nice. Uh, this one is not a derelict relic from you know, long ago. This is a, a shiny new station that looks to be in tip-top shape. And as you go through, there's a little crackle over your intercom and a little incoming message icon appears. Do you answer? Yeah. Cool. You hit the button and the hollow screen slides out and you can see a man in military uniform standing there and he says, Welcome to Proxima Centauri B. What is your call sign? Uh, Kyler? Uh, what is our call sign? Do we have a call sign? What's your ship name? Kyler? Oh. No, no. Isn't it the Astrolabe? Yeah, really, Astrolabe. Not, not, not Kyler. You, you do. The man stares watching you have this conversation and goes, Do you not know what your ship is named? The MDS Astrolabe. MDS. Morgan Davies' ship. Oh, oh my god. god. Oh god. <laughs> No. Uh, he, ra <laughs> he, ra he raises an eyebrow. As he watches everyone else in the cabin just be like, what the fuck? Jots down, like, a, what? jots down a note on a hard light <laughs> oh, clipboard no. and goes, says, duly noted. Welcome to Proxima Centauri B. We recommend that you come aboard the station uh, before heading down, just so you don't die. Uh, and then it uh, closes. That's ominous. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's, uh, you know, whatever, fuck it. <laughs> All right, uh, what do you guys do? Uh, do we, do we go to the ship? It seemed like he wanted us to go to the ship or the, the station. We definitely, I mean, obviously we want to go to the station, you know, blah, 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 blah. I don't want them to, like, think we're being weird. Yeah, let's do that. Right. Let's get in on the station. All right. Let's make sure that we're right where we should be. Perfect. You head towards the station. Hey, Kyler. Mm -hmm. I need you to make me a piloting roll to see how well you oh, dock. Great. Yeah, I'm awesome at uh -oh. this. Uh-oh. That's not good. 
Beautiful. Um, I will push, which allows me to use my uh, <laughs> a leaf in the wind talent. It gives me plus two to piloting checks as I push my luck with a spacecraft. I'm so sorry I named it that. I feel no, so I guilty. Like it. Uh, and since I've already <laughs> rolled two successes, it's as if I get to just re-roll all my dice again. Nice. That's a good one. First generated point of darkness for the chapter. Bam, baby. That's four successes all day. All right, Kyler Morgan Davies handling it like a pro. You effortlessly bring the ship down. It's like you've been doing this all your life. You just gently, effortlessly, delicately, lovingly bring this ship to rest in one of the docking pods. The airlock closes, and you, after a bit, receive a little... Uh, message, automated message, saying, you are now free to disembark. Welcome to the space station. Um, y'all head out? Yeah, I enthusiastically do. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna make sure I've got my jacket on, you know, you fanny do pack. So. Uh, what color is your jacket currently? I'll be in the white mode. All right, you switch it over to the white mode. And you are good to go. Yeah, cameras can no longer register your face as long as your hood is up. Yeah, my, my hood is not up right now. Gotcha. We'll, we'll see what happens. You disembark into a bustling spaceport. There are lots of different ships. Um, most of them don't look as nice as yours. A few of them do. There are some nice ones out there. A lot of them seem to be a little bit more uh, used, we should say, run down, a little pitted from encountering space debris or, you know, sand, rocks, paint jobs are sort of whipped off a few of them. Um, and people are loading and unloading, shouting in, you know, a hundred different languages. There are a bunch of aliens around. There is, however, one predominant species that you see here, and it is the Rithrak, which you have not encountered before. The Rithrak are uh, essentially sentient insects, more or less. Um, they were the most recent discovery addition uh, to the Union, and you've not really encountered them before. The ones you see here all seem to be very purposefully moving. You don't really see a lot of them idling around. They have sort of like dark mottled brown carapaces. They're not particularly like vibrant looking and they're just going about their business as hard and fast as they seem to be able to. And you see one that looks slightly different from the other ones. Um, it's a little bit larger and it has a, a set of wings on its back um, and it, its color is a little bit more vibrant than the, the brown ones. They seem to be kind of coming and going from this one who seems to be telling them what to do. You also as you walk down you see a familiar face. There is a young blonde man standing there holding a hard light sign that says the Astrolabe 
He's the fellow that you just said goodbye to on Mars. Uh, he's he's here. Yep. Again. Yep. Okay. Ahead of us? Do you think it's like a yep. cloning situation, uh, or is he it just? Might be a, yeah, or he's a robot. It might be a. I say loudly. It might be a cloning <laughs> situation. <laughs> do you say that oh like with an earshot of him? No. Yeah. Absolutely. You do. God damn it. He <laughs> uh, he turns to look at you and he nods and says, Ah, very astute of you. Yes, oh. I am, in fact, one of a series of clones that were hired by the various Hamases to assist in their day-to-day -day affairs. Your client contacted my client and let him know that you would be on your way, and my client thought it best that I meet you here to help ease you into uh, the situation uh, in uh, Proxima Centauri B. How awesome. So this wait, great. you uh, well, yeah. are your own separate entity outside of the person we're working for? Like you and your whole shtick? Well, <laughs> that's more of a question for my client. I wouldn't dream of understanding the full minutia of their relationship to one another. It's a mutually beneficial thing. However, my client does operate autonomously. Do you think that that's like the same autonomous that Hamas is like? Because he's like H autonomous. Oh my. Yeah, it might be. I don't. I don't know <laughs> if we're in for another murder mystery, guys. Uh, pardon? Murder? Hmm. What? Murder. Oh, we were just reading murder mystery novels on the on the flight. It's all good. Make a manipulation roll. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. I'm actually not that bad at that one. I was afraid that was going to be really terrible. <laughs> that is two successes. Two successes. All yeah. right. He says, well, that's an odd way to spend your time, but I can't say that I know what your specific benefactor is paying you for. However, he did suggest that you meet up with my client, if that is agreeable is your to client you. client an artificial intelligence that's autonomous? Yes, his name is Hamas. I did, did, uh, were you not briefed on the other end? We were. He's we were just being strange. Yeah, he's... Ah, I see. Oh, Great. It... Wonderful. Yes, my client is Hamas. But like, a, is it his, daytime Technically, here? his his full name is Hamas Beta. Uh, he is the oh okay the first extraterrestrial Hamas. Such a beta terrestrial. Am I right? Am I right? I don't understand <laughs> what that means. Neither do I. But they said it a lot in the twenty first century. You know. Did they? That's yeah. great. You seem like you have a firm grasp on history. That's comforting. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, is it daytime, uh, GM? It is currently daytime. Yes, on the uh, the the planet surface that's closest to you. So you um, can see both the suns. Uh, so Proxima Centauri B, just so y'all know, uh, is a planet that orbits a single red dwarf star. Um, 
which is a smaller, dimmer star than what we have uh, at Earth. Um, this planet seems to be roughly Earth-sized, maybe a, a little bit larger, but it also sits a little bit closer to the sun um, than Earth does. So, um, the blonde fellow smiles and says, so, is that agreeable to you? Would you mind taking some time to meet with my client? Sure. Sure, yeah. yeah. Excellent. Lead the way, uh, blonde man. Should we call you something, or is blonde man good? <laughs> my name is Jeffrey. Thank you for asking. Sort of. <laughs> Jeffrey, let's workshop that. No, my name is Jeffrey. He turns on a dime <laughs> and begins walking down the hallway. <laughs> And uh, he leads you down past some security checks, and the guards literally just, as they see him coming, they straighten up, and he waves and presses a, a finger up against a pad, and you are all let through. Um, and he leads you into a dead-end hallway, and he walks up to the door, and he turns and says, very few people get to see the inner workings of... Uh, of the ship. This is sort of exciting for you. And he puts his thumb on just a spot of wall and the wall lights up around and a voice says, Identity confirmed. Access granted. Welcome, Jeffrey. And he says, thank you. And the wall slides away and there is a continued corridor behind that is a little less nice. Uh, it's a little more utilitarian. It's not run down, but it is sort of high metal walkways with lots of tubes and cables and wires running along the ceiling. Um, and he leads you further in. And as you go, more and more cables join this massive running river of rubber and steel and he leads you to this back room and knocks on the door and after a moment uh, after a moment after a moment the door after slides a moment. after one mormon moment um, <laughs> which is actually like eight moments i guess um i don't know after a moment the door opens, and you see inside this large room. It is roughly the size of a, like an auditorium, with stairs running down into the center. And there are stations and workbenches and t screens and computers. And everywhere you look, you see a Hamas just standing, working, sitting, working, flicking through screens. There are Hamases everywhere. Wait, and like tons of them? Yeah. You've got an auditorium filled with Hamases. And Jeffrey stands at the top and says, well, go on. I hope your meeting goes well. Okay. <laughs> This is weird. I don't, I don't yes, like this. Yes, it is. Okay, where is, I need this. The Council of Hamases. <laughs> Basically. Mm-hmm. 
so you are at the top of the stairs. There's actually a, a Hamas um, sitting very close to you on a, on a computer. Um, he's not even typing at it. He's just sort of interfacing directly with it and seems to be very, very wrapped up in thought. And he does not even look up at you. Hi. Ham sandwich. Good to see you. What? Huh? <laughs> what, what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Uh, with Oka? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Ham sandwich, ham miss. I get it. You get it. Ah, uh, I, I understand. I understand what's going on. Gotcha. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that one took me a second. I was like, why is Ben talking about ham sandwiches? <laughs> um, as you greet him, he holds up a finger and without even looking at you, just says, You're going to have to talk to the big guy. God, God's here? <laughs> no. God? Which, which, which one's the big guy? He points downward. Okay. And then, what's your name? Hamas. Okay. Do you have a... It's just, just Hamas? Yep. Okay. Thanks. You're welcome. I'll... I'll head over to the... Presumably the Hamas that he pointed at. You head down to the center, where there are four Hamases in conversation with one another. Okay. Um, and as you come close, one of them goes, Well, I just don't see how that's going to change anything. And, uh, and the other Hamas goes, well, You know, I really appreciate what you're bringing to the table here, but I do think that we need to maneuver a little bit more swiftly on this. And then the third Hamas goes, Yes, that may be so, but caution is always the way to success. And then there's one Hamas who's just sort of sitting there listening to the rest of them as they have this sort of weird circular self-conversation. And their dialogue never was so open. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I heard you needed discretion. <laughs> oh my god. Discretion oh. is here and in bright colors. This should have been our group name. <laughs> oh no. Would have been so awful. <laughs> oh man. The three Hamases that were talking with each other fall silent, and the fourth one turns to them and says, Thank you, gentlemen. That'll be it for now. And they disperse, and he turns to look at you and says, Well, it's a pleasure to meet you. My name, I'm sure you are aware, is Hamas. Hamas Beta, to be exact. I was informed by Hamas Alpha that you might be paying me a visit. It's a pleasure. Please, have a seat. Is there somewhere to sit? Yeah, there's a table. There's chairs. Yeah, I'll sit. All right. He says, So, Hamas Alpha did not specifically give me details as to your overall job descriptions. What they told me was that you were acting as a sort of facilitator, going out and fixing problems that may occur. Is that correct? Correct. Excellent. I may have need of you. There's been a bit of a snag. He gestures a hand and a bunch of Hamases just like walk over and start projecting stuff onto 
a nearby, like, whiteboard. <laughs> and Hamas says, So, this planet Proxima Centauri B, home of the Rithrak, is a fairly inhospitable planet. The air is fortunately breathable. However, there's not a lot of vegetable life on board the surface. It does, however, have significant, significant importance to the Union and to our efforts in building the station as a mining planet. We have several mines set up that provide key resources to the transgalactic lines and the Big Four's efforts in the building of the wormholes. However, there's been a bit of a snag and a communication breakdown. And, well, I'm, uh, I'm a little bit tied up here, unfortunately. I was wondering if you might be able to go down and see what the problem is. See if you can get it running smoothly again. There's some, sorry, you said communication breakdown? Yes, we are on this planet due to the kindness of the Rithrak. However, several hives have gone offline and the final hive in the area has been, shall we say, less than cooperative. However, without their continued support, we don't necessarily have a right to dig. And if we don't have the ability to dig, then we lose some very important resources. That makes sense. Well, I'm glad it makes sense. I can give you the coordinates to the hive. There's also a small mining town that's cropped up where the miners live. If you wanted, you could go chat with them and see if you can learn anything before heading over. That sounds like a solid plan. Report back to me with your findings, and if you fix the problem, I'll make sure that you are adequately compensated. Is there anything else that you have that we might want to know before we head on down there? Anyone that we would talk to first? Like, town officials? Well, the town down there is a temporary sort of thing. It is run by Crocker Industries. Oh. So, the main fellow there, the sort of chaperone of it all, is a fellow named Rex. You might want to seek him out. Apart from that, I would just say, when dealing with the Rithrak, specifically the Queen, discretion and politeness is advised. Oh, we'll be fucking great. I have no doubt. The leader of the Hive in question is a little bit of a tough nut to crack, you might say. So just to recap, you want us to go down to the Rithrak mining site and get permission to continue digging. Yes. Okay. Figure out why mining has been stopped. Ask them some questions. Give them some answers if necessary. Help them get everything smoothed out. They can be rather convincing. I think we'll be... Yeah, we'll get it. We'll figure it out. So just... GM to make sure that I have my notes correct. Yes. The, there's a Rithrak hive that's offline and there's mining that's stopped because of it. There are, yeah, so there are several Rithrak 
uh, hives that have gone fully offline, and there's one uh, that is still uh, still online, but not particularly cooperative or friendly. But mean. <laughs> Sometimes notes are funny. Um, cool, 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 cool. Just making sure you got mm-hmm. this all. We're going to start the chapter off with really solid notes so I can eventually fall off and get bad at <laughs> Yeah, that's the yeah. way, baby. Yeah, it's important, right? It's important to at least start with aspirations. You mean, like, looking at my, my uh, who we've met profile here at the back from the beginning of chapter two, where I have detailed notes on Nate and then Captain Tanner and nobody else. Nemesis uh. <laughs> <laughs> turns to you and says, Any uh, further questions? Um, are all of these Hamas separate from you, or are you guys all? <laughs> I don't really all, know that. They're all technically a part of me. But okay. The way information is structured depends on, you know, who's structuring it. And I find that it's just easier to have a bunch of me, you know? Makes it a little bit easier to suss things out. I have different ones for different roles, different roles. We have one who always objects. We have one who always agrees. Hmm. Just trying to parse the information, you know? Makes sense. Well, I'm glad it makes sense. And does Hamas... Prime, know that you've been splitting yourself? So? Yeah, Alpha. Alpha, sure. The way I see it, it's no bother to them how I go about my business, as long as I go about my business. That was a pretty baller phrase. You know, fair enough. Yeah. I, I'm sure that there are no unintended side effects from this whatsoever. None that I've found. I mean... You know how you have thoughts in your head conversations, all that? Sure, yeah. I just externalize it. Makes a lot of sense. Makes having, you know, those internal conversations a lot more concrete. Yeah. Certainly. And it means that I can focus on certain things, like having a conversation with you, while at the same time, I'm still doing what I need to be doing to keep everything up and running. It's efficient. On that note, since uh, it appears that I have exhausted your questioning lines, I uh, I will bid you good day and good luck, and I look forward to hearing from you. Oh, here. He uh, swipes up a little hard light nothing from the air and sort of flicks it over to your new databands that uh, Hamas gave you. And he says, my contact information, should you uh, need to get a hold of me. Ah, thank you. I warn you, the storms can get a little bit bad and, you know, ship to ground interference can occur. Also, I will just let you know, you will be spending some time below ground. And again, that makes it a little bit difficult. But if you got a clear sun, we can talk. Uh, below ground, you say? Yes. That's where the uh, Rithrak hives are. Okay. And also, you know, the mine. Yeah, but we're not, like, going 
into the mine, right? Like, we're just making sure that it all runs and gets back going. Like, we don't need to be in there. Kyler, are you scared of underground? I am scared of what's going to happen to my complexion. Of course. Oh of God. course. Of course, that's what it is. Naturally. Gotta keep the complexion looking nice, I suppose, right? Well, how you conduct your business is ultimately none of my concern as long as the business gets done. Long as business get done. Right, ham sandwich? Right. I'm sure you will find above ground significantly better for your complexion. He has a slight smile on his face as he says that. Great. Well, this is just great. Solving murders by murder robots going into dusty, dirty undergrounds. Ugh. Well, let's do it. I'm, uh, I'm ready to see what this world has in store for us. I'm sure you'll have a wonderful time. Oh, most definitely. All right. A good day to you all. And he uh, turns, and several Hamases come back and start having an inter-Hamas conversation again. And he sits there and listens to them, nodding thoughtfully. <laughs> the uh, blonde man, Jeffrey, Jeffrey gently escorts you out, leads you back to the spaceport, and he says, Right, well, uh, pleasure to meet you all. And uh, looks like I have no doubt you're going to do an amazing job. Uh, whatever, whatever, whatever it is that you're going to do, I'm sure you're going to do it great. So, is there anything else I can maybe uh, do for you before you head down there? Do we still have money on the accounts on our data bands for like food and lodging uh, and uh, stuff? So, here's the problem. Oh, no, we oh, don't. Oh, good. There is a, a sort of uh, range limit on most of those things. I would assume that your ship was set up with all the food you might need for a solid journey, and we'll happily handle restocking as a part of it. But I'm not sure that your client's credit, well, it just might take a while for the information to get here, it being 4.25 light years away from Earth. Sorry, Jeffrey, are you trying to tell me that we're poor again? <clears throat> yes, but look at your lovely ship. It is nice, isn't it? Tell you what, I'll speak with my client, and should you fulfill all of the things that they asked you for, I'll see to it that you get a solid line of credit for Proxima Centauri B. How does that sound? What if we get it for the next place we end up? <laughs> that would well, be great. Well, you would have to talk to the Hamas there. You see, we only have a limited jurisdiction. Okay. Thank you. I guess we're, we should go back to the ship and get a backpack full of food. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, and I'll talk to the art historian, see what she knows about this riffraff. <laughs> see what she knows about the artist riffraff. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> All right. Uh, cool. You head back to your ship. And uh, yeah, so your ship can dock planet side. Do you guys want to do a little bit of conversation before we go down or after? It's up to you. If you guys want to do some NPC chatting 
first and then head down. Oh, chat, probably, we're probably on the same page. Probably chat with the NPCs, right? Yeah, I was going to yeah, say I'd seems... let the captain pilot down while I talk with someone or whatever. All right, yep. great. Do you let the captain pilot? Old Tanny boy. Don't scratch her. We just got her. Oh. I will uh, do my best to not scratch her, as you say. Um, and he's going to roll. God damn, girl. Yeah, you're fine. All right. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, he slides into the cockpit uh, with the ease and grace of someone who uh, has not just been drinking essentially hallucinogenic rum for the past several months. And despite everything you know to be true about him, he handles the ship like a dream. Who do you want to go talk to? Who would you guys like to go chat with? Uh, I'm going to go talk to, to Chef Dan, right? Yeah. Um, all right. So you head to the kitchen. And as you come in, uh, you hear the sound of sizzling and some music uh, playing on a little a little stereo and uh, the sound of just like a lot of dishes being done and uh, you come around the corner and you see Dan cooking up some food on a brand new range and Nikiri in the dish pit washing literally everything that this kitchen has in it like every single thing is getting washed and Dan looks up and says oh hey How's uh how's everything going? Good, good. I mean, you know, it's, it's us, so everything's a little I wonky, mean, but yeah, you know, just consistently fucked to hell. Yeah, that's one way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's fair. Um, this new kitchen is actually pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, you know, we got to get all the plastic wrap off everything. It's, it's brand new, but you know, it's looking good. I think it's gonna that's... be a wonderful time. Yeah, you'll you'll get it. In shape no time, I'm sure. Ship no shape. No killer robots say. this time, right? Thank fucking God. That piece of shit can rot in hell forever. Yeah, oh. I... You know, it's always something. No, we're gonna do it the old-fashioned way. Sounds Me, good. Nikiri. Hey, holding up, Nikiri. And Nikiri, you just see, like, a, just a thumbs up from behind the dish pit. Um... <laughs> And Dan turns and sort of quietly says, honestly, I put her to work. I figured that might be a little bit, you know, sometimes doing a mindless task can help with some trauma response, you know, given everything she's been through in the past little bit, you know, knife chucking robots and whatever the fuck y'all did before. I don't even know, but I assume it wasn't great. She's had a go of it. I'll, I'll try to spend some time, you know, or playing checkers or whatever you do with kids. Yeah, well, you know, I won't do what I did last time, which was give her more booze. Um, Sounds like a great plan. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna uh, not make that mistake twice. So, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll just I'll keep an eye on her. I'm just trying to keep everything running smooth and, you know, just trying to deal with all of the various stressors that might occur. <laughs> we'll we'll fucking see. This. Um, we're apparently going planet side to do a bunch of God knows what. Do you have any? Oh shit! 
non-perishable things you could whip up for us to... <laughs> yeah, sure, I'll see what I can do. Uh, let me see what I can do. I'm gonna have him roll yeah. for it. Yeah, you uh, know, some, some things really nice at the beginning, but if it stretches onwards, we've got some, you know, jerky and beans. <laughs> All right, here we go. Well, the NPCs are rolling incredibly well today. That's nice for them. Hopefully just the ones that aren't trying to kill us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll see if this <laughs> extends further. Um, Dan whips you up some solid rations. You have rations for, say, like three days. Okay. They're all pretty tasty. They're all nourishing. And he slips you some, some booze as well and says, you know, just in case. I mean, I'm sure you head over to uh, whatever the fuck he's calling it, Coom Coom Kachooms or whatever. He'll be able to set you up with something nice and hopefully not wildly <clears throat> destructive yeah, uh-huh. to your body and mind. <laughs> but, you know, just a little something extra just to help you in whatever way I can. Yeah, yeah. We're just going to... Uh, how big is the bottle of booze or bottles? I'll roll on the be nice dice for that. That seems like a good be nice dice roll. Uh, that's a nat 20. You have a full fifth. Um, okay. Nice. Uh, nice. Yeah, we're going to find, like, a nice, like, that duffel bag backpack that I have, and that's just going to go in there. <laughs> Excellent. And then we'll have the food in a different bag. Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, you have, No like one a, needs to know that Hazel has a bottle of booze. Yeah, it's like a bottle of, like, mm. fucking cognac. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, All nine. Yeah. So... You get the food set up. Uh, Kyler, you wanted to go talk to uh, Maxi von Hassler? I go to Maxi. Excellent. You find Maxi in the Barboretum. She's hanging out looking at the plants and just soaking in some artificial sunlight. And she turns and sees you and says, Hey, uh, how's everything going? Uh, it's going. Um, say, what do you know about this riffraff, uh, alien species thing? We have you a mean little... the the rithrack. Sorry, rithrack, rithrack. You're saying riffraff, rithrith, rithrack. Okay, riff. Amazing. <laughs> it's R. Okay, okay, here we go, bud. Uh, The Rithrak (laughs) are, yeah, they're a a species of alien. This is their home planet, Proxima Centauri B. They have a sort of interesting social structure. Basically, they're divided into hives, and within those hives, there are sort of three main casts set up. You have at the head of the hive, the queen. Uh, The queen is essentially the one that functions as what we would consider to be uh, a a person, I guess, within the the hive. They're the one that interfaces with the outside world. They make all the decisions. Below that, there are the broodmasters, and they are responsible for, uh, A, making more drones, uh, and B, also, uh, they sort of handle individual tasks. The lifespan of the Rithrak is actually kind of short compared to ours. So 
a lot of times uh, they'll be given a, a, a task to work through and you know you might actually get a couple generations working through it um, you know simple tasks for us uh, in the way that we you know tend to, to think about them uh, like you know getting a message to someone that might wind up you know being a couple generations long thing um, and so they're uh, below babies that the, we're going to deal with babies well I don't know what you're gonna deal with um, they tend to mature pretty quickly uh, you know the, the drones live for a couple years so I, I imagine you won't be directly interacting with babies I certainly hope you don't I don't really want to see that a lot um, but you know I don't know you might you might interact why with some, some little larvae well why don't you come with us since you know more about them than we do I'm good I didn't actually realize Oka was with Kyler um, so Oka, Oka pops I in I did yeah I'm um, sorry word <laughs> All right. She says, oh, you know, look, I know my strengths and I know my weaknesses and I can, I'll give you all the information you want, but uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't be much help planet side, you know, like I can't shoot a gun or like really do much of anything. If you want me to write an academic paper, I'll certainly do that. But, like, if we get into trouble, you could put them to sleep. You could just talk for a little bit about what you majored in. It would be great. I think you'd be very helpful. A single tear rolls down her face. Um, <laughs> and then she smacks you. Um, <laughs> and she says, I think I'm good. You can always give me a call if you want to get some extra information. But somehow I don't think my soporific <laughs> effects will be needed. Don't you have, like, someone else you need to be insulting or something? Um, maybe, but would it be as much fun? <laughs> so glad I could be a source of amusement to you. No, truly, Maxie, darling, we appreciate it. Um, I guess I have to go deal with babies now that I'm done dealing <sighs> with this. That is really not the takeaway that I would hope you'd have. <laughs> um, she yells after you as you walk off. Oka, as you are walking the hallways, you actually get a ping on your new data band from uh, Nimble. Um, and she says, by the way, these can do, uh, just to firm up a ruling, these guys can text and call. Um, oh, cool. Cool, so... Because there was oh, sweet. your your original ones couldn't, um, but so. we all thought they could send text messages. Yep. So we were just like you were just saying things out loud <laughs> all the time, like a boomer talking into an Apple Watch. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, so you get a little ping on your nice. data band uh, from Nimble that just says, "Got a minute." Yeah, uh, I'll respond. Sure, and I'll head that way. Cool. Uh, you head into the new R&D. As you enter in, it's a, it's a fairly nice 
space. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, crisp, clean, new research equipment and sort of like a, a very specialized makerspace. Dalian is off in the corner sorting and organizing things, and you see his arm harness removed and on the table, uh, and he's been starting to rebuild the robotic arms, um, and he has one of them done, uh, and the other three are in various states of repair. And uh, as you walk in, Nimble, who's working on, uh, you know, soldering something, lifts up uh, her protective goggles and turns and says, Oh, hey, um, so, you know how I grafted that second arm onto your arm, right? So you've got the, the one arm and then the other? Yes. Yeah, so I was thinking about this. Um, have you ever thought about getting, like, a back piece? Because if, if you got a back piece that integrated into your arm, A, it would allow the, the musculature of your arm to sort of be a little more supported than it is, and B, it would mean if you wanted to get more of those secondary arms, it would be feasible, it would be possible. You know, I was just looking at the way Dalian has his set up, and I was thinking, oh, you know, we could do that for you, if that's something you'd be uh, interested in. Oh, yeah, let's do it. All right. Um, hey, why don't you just take a little lie down for a second and uh, let me see what I can do. Sure. All right, she pops you up on a, uh, on a workbench table and begins... Uh, she presses the spot on your arm that makes it go numb. She disconnects it and begins examining the, the inner piece and says... Yeah, okay, okay, yeah, I think... Yeah, this will totally work. Um, how's your pain tolerance? Oh, it's pretty high. <laughs> cool. Uh, let's see what happens. She, <laughs> she essentially, like, sticks a finger into the socket of the... Which is like, you know, it's a metal socket, but she it's still got you know, electrical nerve endings. She basically sticks her finger in. I do need you to make a force check. Um, okay. That's one six. Wait, hold on, there might be another. Yep, this one six. Um, I'll, I'll get some darkness in there. All right. Yum, 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 yum. It's two sixes. Two sixes. All right. You black out instantaneously. Um, mm -hmm. And when you come to, uh, <laughs> Nimble is like standing over you being like, hey, uh, so how you feeling? Uh, a little groggy, but I think I'm okay. That's good. Uh, that's probably for the best, actually. Um, okay. Yeah, you, um, I, you know, wiring nerve endings is a little bit tricky. It's probably for the best that you were unconscious. Um, so, yeah, I've got it, uh, I've got it installed. So you've got a, a nice back piece. Um, and uh, as we go, I should be able to figure out how to, you know, get more of those arms on for you. Yeah, maybe I'll even take this other arm off. 
if you want, I could probably assist you in that. Maybe not cool. now. Um, because that seems like we should probably get, I don't know, a medical doctor. Um, probably. For at least the first part of it. <laughs> you know, I can work with the machinery part, but uh, the human flesh part's a little bit more complicated. Oh, I guess we gotta find a doctor for the ship. Yeah, that would be good. Um, apparently the doctor's not a doctor? I thought she no, was a doctor. No, she's an she's an artist. <laughs> oh, she's an artist. History oh. art historian. Oh, she's an know. art historian. Oh. Yeah, the same thing, oh. right? Well, that sounds. Maybe I'll pay her a visit. Ask her some questions. Yeah, do that. Sure. She's a doctor so, um, in name only. I'm going by on my little segue that I definitely kept from the Daedalus. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> sure why not you can have it um i will tell you this if you bring it outside on any planet it will immediately break oh yeah no it's a piece of shit but it is the way i get around the ship <laughs> it can handle the sterile environments of your spaceship only so oka you now have cybernetic implants um so what this means is that your uh, bare fist punches now do three damage. And hang on, cybernetic muscles. Um, so your movement rate is actually increased by uh, four meters per fast action. So Oka is now a little bit faster. Um, so we'll say the back piece kind of extends to the glutes. Um, cool. And uh, you also have an increase in your unarmed strike. So Oka is faster and more punchy. All right, and that's by three damage, you said? Yeah, so it does three damage with your uh, Iron Fist talent that you already took. Cool. All right, so with all of that done. Oh, quick point of order, actually. In taking uh, the uh, the ship down, where did you all want to go? Well, we weren't given a ton of directions. We knew about the uh, Crocker installation that was kind of... So there's a town, there's a hive, and you have the coordinates to the hive and the town. So you could go to either, um, whichever you want to do first. The town? <sighs> I mean, I imagine we'd go to the town first, right? Right, that's not, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because we were told we, we should probably go talk to Rex. <clears throat> sure. Yeah, that works for me. All right. As you enter through the low rolling clouds into a planet with a deep red sky, the planet side is craggy and dusty and dry, really dry and pitted with canyons and these tall spires that seem to rise up out of nowhere, kind of. Um, and after a moment, you can feel a soft sort of thump as the ship lands gracefully on the ground, and uh, the captain's voice is heard over the loudspeaker saying, we have arrived. Thank you, Tanner. Uh, You're welcome. 
a little bumpy on the landing, so just be mindful. Duly noted. It wasn't actually that bumpy. No, it no, I heard, <laughs> I heard you. I heard you. Kyler's just a bitch. Business. Uh, <laughs> you have landed on Proxima Centauri V. You touch down on this small landing pad and you take your first steps onto Proxima Centauri V. The sun beats down with a red, dim, hot glow as dust rolls across the landscape. And in front of you, you see what is generously called a town. It is a series of corrugated iron buildings that have been constructed rather shoddily. And there is a sign that has the name that the town was originally called has long since been scratched off and someone just spray painted on it. Welcome to hell. Oh, that's pleasant. There is a main street that you run down. It's basically like a, a standard Old West town. You got the main thoroughfare with certain buildings. Uh, it terminates at a T intersection that looks to be some sort of more official uh, house. And, uh, and out, sprinkled away from it, there are small domiciles that are all just corrugated iron. It's not a particularly inviting place, so it would seem. Um, as you walk through the sort of quote-unquote gateway into town, there's there's not a lot of people around. It's It seems almost fucking abandoned, like a ghost town. And you walk past a couple buildings, and then down an alleyway, you just hear this cry of help uh, best of luck well so much for the sunny lovely beaches of mars looks like proxima centauri b might be a little bit rougher around the edges but who is this stranger calling for help will they be able to help them and maybe find some help in return I, I, i've said help too many times it's gotten weird Anyway, stick around. Find out next time on Astronautica. everybody, Matt here, your GM in space, 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 GM in space. Uh, just a few quick notes. First off, thanks so much for listening. We have a ton of fun making this show, and I hope you are enjoying listening to it as much as we enjoy making it. We're in chapter three now, and boy howdy, if it isn't going to be a doozy of an arc, it's going to be a blast. I'm really, uh, I'm enjoying it. I hope you are too. 
If you are enjoying the show and haven't already yet, why not give us a cheeky little like and subscribe? Leave us a comment on a streaming platform, tweet or post about us. We're working by word of mouth, so every little bit helps. If you would like to support us more directly, check out our Patreon. We have a ton of fun stuff over there. There's uncut recording sessions so you can hear us debating about rules and talking about all sorts of random stuff. There's music from the episodes, which I create myself. There's little logs from the characters' perspectives and even some one-shot adventures that are really fun and goofy and great and amazing, and I get to play in them as opposed to GMing them, and it's a lot of fun. And you can find all that and more at our Patreon. You can look us up on Patreon or just go to Too Many Dice's Linktree, which is linktree slash too many dice. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash the number two many dice. Check it out. And now for some quick shout outs. First off, a huge shout out to Alexander Ferguson. Alexander Ferguson, who is our first higher tier Patreon supporter and an all around amazing human being. And also a huge thank you to the rest of our Patreon supporters as well. We are really ever grateful and humbled by your continued support and patronage. It means a lot to me, to us, to all of us. And um, I hope you guys are enjoying all the silly stuff that we have over there. And you guys are making it so that we can afford to keep doing this. Uh, and if you're not a Patreon supporter, again, go over, check it out. There's a lot of cool stuff. And it means that maybe eventually we can make this our full-time job, which would be amazing. I would love to do that. Also, a shout-out to my amazing players, Ian Mutiner, Benjamin Timothy Jenkins, and Lauren Alistini, without whom none of the ridiculous and wonderful bullshit I have to navigate would exist. They're great. I have a lot of fun playing with them and seeing what they're going to throw at me because I never know and it's usually something ridiculous and I love it. Finally, I just want to thank Angie Feek, my wonderful wife and partner in crime who has been instrumental in making this happen through many many, 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 many conversations and brainstorming sessions and back and forths and talks in the car and all sorts of stuff. The story's just beginning to unfold now. We're peeking over the precipice, and I hope you're in for the ride because it's gonna be a wild one. It's gonna be a lot of fun. So, anyway, thanks again. Thanks for listening. And stay tuned for more Astronautica. We'll see you soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.